was that his heart was not fully committed to God. And I always want to remind us, brethren, the God that has brought you thus far, why do you think he cannot take you through to the end? Why do you think that he has done so much? Many of us, if you cast your mind back, you will agree with me that maybe on one, two, or three occasions you should have died. But you are still alive. You are not just alive, you are thriving. Amen. You are not just thriving, you can look ahead and say, I see a glorious future. Tell somebody, I see a glorious future. <clears throat> so why would you doubt God? The problem with Saul was that he began to doubt God. The God that picked him, when the Bible says he was a non-entity in his father's house among the tribe. That many be king in Israel. He thought he was he was now becoming wiser than that God. Brethren, the moment you begin to be wiser than God, you are on a journey of no return to destruction. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says, Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon the head of Saul and kissed him. And said, it's not because the Lord had anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance. And in verse 9, in verse 9, of that 1 Samuel chapter 10, 1 Samuel 10 verse 9, the Bible says, and it was so, tell somebody it was so, that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. So that anointing that he received, the moment he left the presence of somewhere, God gave him a new heart. So today, as you are anointed, there is divine transformation for you. Amen. There is a divine turnaround for you. Amen. You need to leave this place with a faith. With what? Faith. With a faith that things are different. There's a song we sing that says, things are getting better. Is that what, that's what we sing it, right? Yeah. Things are getting better, for the Lord is on the throne. Things are getting better, things are getting better. Things because you are going to be anointed today, things are already better. Amen. See, there is a divine promotion for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says in that first Samuel chapter 10 verse 26, that Saul went home to Gibeah. And there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. You know, because God anointed Saul, he went ahead and touched the heart of some men and they followed him. So, as God is anointing you today, he is going beyond you to touch the heart of men that they may rise for your help. There is a help that you need. It's a help that nobody knows. In fact, it's a help you cannot share with any man. And God knows the man or the woman that can help you out. As you are being anointed, what is God doing? He's touching their heart. He's letting them know that this is the person you need to help. Because when you help this person, blessings will accrue. Your helper will locate you. Amen. I say your helper will locate you. Amen. The anointing of God upon David empowered him to overcome Goliath. And that anointing made him a winner and a conqueror in life. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, David was anointed the king 
in Israel by Samuel in the house of his father. But he went back to take care of his father's flock. Until one day there was a battle, and the Lord sent, I mean, and his father sent him to take some bread to his brothers at the battlefront. David thought he was just going on a journey to give food to his brothers. He did not realize that that day, tell somebody that day, that day, that that day was the day his life will be turned around. Amen. That day was the day that David will be changed from an unknown man in the wilderness. To a man known in all Israel. Is that not what happened? That day was the day that David would be transformed from the uncelebrated man to what? To a celebrated man. Today there shall be a divine transformation. Amen. Somebody's celebration will begin today. Amen. I said somebody's celebration will begin today. Amen. God has given you a promise. In fact, you have seen it in the dream. And you have, I mean, you have been waiting for the manifestation of that which God has done. Today. Tell somebody today. today. Your celebration begins in Jesus' name. David went to the battlefront. He confronted Goliath. And we know the rest is history. Goliath was full of his strength. He was full of his ability. He was full of his height. He was full of his beauty. He was full of the glamour surrounding him as the champion of the Philistines. And brethren, in every endeavor in life, there are champions of the Philistines around us. And they look at you and said, like, like one story a man of God shared with us when I was in high school. A man that had a PhD went to the riverside and was crossing from one side of the river to the other side. And he met a man who, I mean, the, 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 what do they call them? The one that owns the boat. What's his name? Somebody, whatever the name is. He was the one that was rowing the boat, that was taking this man from where he was coming from to where he was going. And he struck a conversation with him. And as they were speaking, the PhD man started talking to the man and said, Gentleman, do you know biology? And the man said, No, I don't know. He said, Oh. Half of your life is wasted. <laughs> and they continue, do you know physiology? I don't know. Say, oh, the other half is wasted. There was nothing left. But he kept asking, do you know physics? Do you know chemistry? Do you know this? Do you know? The man knew nothing. But he knew how to do what? How to row the boat. To take the boat from one point to the other. Then there was a storm on the sea. And when the storm came, the boat could no longer go. And the man that was rowing the boat looked at him and said, Doctor, do you know swimology? <laughs> and the man said, No. Say, Your whole life is wasted. <laughs> because this man knew nothing but he knew swimology. He swam to safety. But the man that knew biology, physiology, and whatever logic, he perished. He drowned in the ocean. What you know is sufficient for you. What you have is sufficient for you. For God to take you to where he is taking you. Is somebody with me this morning? David went before Goliath and said, You have come against me in the name of which your sword, with everything that you have. But I have only one thing. And what is that? The name 
of the Lord of hosts. The name of the living God. The name of the God of Israel. That you have spoken evil against. We know how the story ended. David killed Goliath. He didn't even have a sword. It was a sword of Goliath that David used to cut off the head of Goliath. You know, some... I was writing a book. I mean, I, I'm going to complete that book. Somebody say amen. I just remembered one thing. You know, the best way to kill a snake is to do what? Is to cut off his head. If you don't cut off the head of a snake, whatever has happened to that snake, it can still strike. Because some snakes, you know where their poison is? It's by the tail. So until you cut off the head, that you have taken life out of that snake. If you don't cut off that head, maybe you just stand upon the head. Uh, there's a lot of life in that snake. Every snake that has been assailing you in life, today the Lord himself will cut off their heads in Jesus' name. Yes. So from Psalm 121, when you are anointed for ease, there are five things I have noted there. We'll talk about them briefly and then we'll go to, we'll go to the anointing service. Number one is that the Lord will help you. Amen. Tell somebody there's help for me. As if we say there's help for me. Amen. When you are anointed for ease, there's help for you. God will just begin to raise help from you from all sides, from unexpected corners. That was what why the psalmist said, God is what? My in Psalm 46, verse 1. God is my refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. Amen. Because when God helps you, what does he do? He blesses you. He blesses you. In Genesis 49 verse 25, Genesis 49 verse 25, Jacob was releasing blessings upon his children. And he took note of something concerning his son Joseph. He said, even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee? That God will help you. Amen. I said, that God will help you. Amen. He said, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee. And then he, he mentioned three things. The blessings of heaven above. The blessings of the deep underneath. And the blessings of the breast and of the womb. That is inexhaustible blessings. When God begins to bless, I was listening to a message by General Vassar today. And he said, he said, his background was such that poor men called his father poor. Do you know the meaning of that? When poor people recognize that you are poor, then you are very poor. I mean, he, he told a story for, he shared a story with us. He said the day his father bought an umbrella. What did I say? The day his father bought an umbrella, they had a celebration at home. Because the father bought what? An umbrella. Many of us have umbrellas at home. We buy it every year. We throw one away. His father bought another and they celebrated. And then he now looked and said, look, today, when he goes to many nations, the presidents, the prime ministers will send an entourage to welcome him at the airport. When he goes to many nations, the leaders of the nations will come and welcome him. Brethren, it's only God. Tell them the only God. It's only God that can do that. And he does that for people he has decided to help. And I see someone here today that God wants to help. Amen. God will help you. Amen. It 
like the like what the, the, the song the choir sang. It doesn't matter the problem or the situation that you are facing. For such a time as this, God will help you. Amen. There's a man of I mean a king in Israel by name Uzziah. In Second Chronicles chapter twenty six verse fifteen. Second Chronicles chapter twenty six verse fifteen. The Bible said in Second Chronicles twenty six fifteen. He made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones with us. Now look at the last part there. He said, and his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously held till he was strong. He was what? So he was not ordinarily held. He was marvelously held. Is there someone here that will marvelously held? God will help you marvelously. Amen. So it means there are ordinary help. But when God decides that your own help will be marvelous, nobody can stop you. No wonder the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible now says what? Marvelous are thy works. In other words, there's someone here today that is marvelous. Who is that person? Tell somebody, I am marvelous. As you say, I am marvelous. Because when you are marvelous and God begins to help you, he doesn't help you ordinarily. Ordinary help from God is good, though. But the help we are talking about is what? Marvelous help. He will help you marvelously in Jesus' name. When you, number two, when you are anointed for ease, you will not fall. I said you will not fall. Tell somebody, I will not fall. His angels will lift me up. The Bible says in Psalm 91, He said, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. How many of thy ways? In all. All thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And then he goes on to say, What? You will tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample on thy feet. No man can stop you when God releases this anointing for ease upon you. In Luke chapter 10 verse 19, Luke, he said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And how many things shall be able to hurt you? How many shall be able to hurt you? I know the people in the technical group, they are, they are, I don't know if they are sleeping or they are slow. They are not changing the Bible passage. They need help. Somebody should go and please help them. You guys are very slow. Listen to the Bible passages and change them, okay? If the person there cannot do it, please, somebody else should take over. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by enemies do what? Hurt you. Maybe you are falling. And you are wondering if there's a way back or forward. Listen to what Micah says. In Micah chapter 7 verse 8. Micah 7 verse 8. He says, rejoice not against me. What did he say? Rejoice not against me. The enemy will not rejoice against you. I said the enemy will not, will not rejoice against you. He said, when I fall. Ah, tell somebody I shall rise. Now, maybe you need to put the word again there. Because I know some of us, you've fallen before, 
and you've risen. But maybe you've fallen again. Tell me, I, I shall rise again. And as you have spoken, so shall it be in Jesus' name. He said, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Because you are going to receive the anointing of ease today, the light of God will shine upon you. I said, the light of God will shine upon you. Number three, when you are anointed for ease, the Lord will keep you. The Lord will do what? He will keep you. Our God is a God that keeps covenant and fulfills promises. He does what? He keeps covenants. He fulfills. What is that promise that God has given you? Now, this is the last Sunday in the month of August. By in about three days' time, we are going to say we have finished uh, two thirds of this year, and you are wondering this year is going again. Oh. And the promise was given. And I thought it to be fulfilled this year. I want to tell someone here today, it will be fulfilled this year. Amen. I say it will be fulfilled this year. Amen. You will have a testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. He keeps covenant. He fulfills promises. And you know what? You can just put it down. We are not going to read it. 2 Chronicles 6, 14 to 16. We are not reading it. But let's open Nehemiah 1.5. Nehemiah 1.5. Nehemiah 1.5. And there's something there that we need to take note of. He said, And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and what? Covenant and what? When you go through the scriptures, you'll find out that the covenant-keeping ability of God is associated with his mercy. Why is that important? Because the Bible says, it is by the mercy of God that we are not what? If there is no mercy, nobody can stand before this covenant-keeping God. But he's a merciful God. And his mercy is available for you today. I say his mercy is available for you today. He said, a God that keepeth covenant and mercy for two groups of people. They that love him. And they that observe his commandments. I have a question for you today. Do you love God? Yes. Somebody is more sure. I Do you love God? Yes. Do you love God? Yes. Now, what did Jesus say about those who love him? He said, if you love me, do what? Is that in your Bible? Yes, so he said, for those that love him and observe his commandments. You see how, how the Bible is complete? You love him. You keep his commandments. Not only will he fulfill the covenant. He will show you mercy. Amen. I'm looking at someone here this morning that will enjoy the mercy of God. Amen. I'm looking at someone here this morning that God's mercy will be abundant for your life. Amen. I'm looking at someone here this morning that will have a new testimony. Amen. That will sing a new song. Amen. Do you know what, brethren? He can also keep you from sin. He can keep you from sin. The Bible says in Psalm 19 verse 13, it said, Keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. If there be any sin that wants to hinder the move of God in your life, God himself will keep you from it in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody does not like that prayer. I say God will keep you from it in Jesus' name. Amen. That brother, unquote, 
that says he's coming to visit you, that will make you to fornicate. Before he gets to your house, you will leave the house in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's true. The man says he's coming to visit you. A sister shared a story with me some days ago. She just finished from school. And this brother just said, oh, I'm just going to visit just for us to celebrate. And she didn't see anything wrong in it. She had no bad intention. She didn't know that the, the brother had what? Bad intention. The brother, when he was coming, brought a bottle of wine. He said, for us to do what? To celebrate. What the sister did not know was that the bottle of wine he brought, he had laced with uh, what would make her to sleep. In her own house, he raped her. In her house. She had no bad plan, in, I mean, intention to what? Why, why am I calling him brother? He's not a brother, Jerry. <laughs> she had no bad intention towards him. He said he was coming to celebrate the completion of their program. But he had evil plans. That's why it's important when we say God will keep you from sin. Well, if God wanted to keep that lady from sin, supposing, I mean, I don't want to talk about her ways with the Lord. Supposing you are the one and God has had your prayer and he knows that the man that is coming to visit you saying he's coming to celebrate success, he's coming to add to your failure. There are many things God could do. In fact, on his way to your house, he could hit his leg against a stone. And the leg pain that will be so much that will do what? Uh -uh. I will start sharing stories. A woman was going to attend a wedding. This is other time in Lagos. She was going for a wedding with the intention that that wedding would not hold. But the, the couple that were getting married were prayerful. They had prayed. But they didn't know that somebody was coming to do what? To disturb their wedding. This woman took a bus from the village. Got to Ajota. Uh, if you don't know where Ajota is, don't, don't bother. She was going to cross, cross the gutter. And what happened? She fell into that gutter. By the time they brought her out, they took her to the orthopedic hospital. It was three or four days later that those people knew that the woman was on her way to their wedding. God had, you know the way they, they, they would say it, along the same way, God had taken care of their problem for them. I pray for you again. Ah. Everyone that will hinder you from this arrangement of ease, God will debar them from you. Amen. They will not come near your tabernacle. Amen. God will approve them in Jesus' name. Amen. Because when you are anointed for ease, number four, the Lord will protect you. And you will go to enemies to protect you. Because we are talking about the protection of the living God. You can put down Psalm 91, verse 7 to 7. We're not going to read it. Time is against us. And the last thing is when you are anointed for ease, the Lord will preserve you. I said the Lord will preserve you. Amen. I said the Lord will preserve you. Amen. What does it mean to preserve? Ah, from sickness, from diseases, from attacks. The Bible, David had a testimony. In 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6. 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6. 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6. The Bible says, Then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus. And the Syrians became servants to David. 
and blood did. Now, this is the point I want us to take note. The Bible said, and the Lord did what? Whithersoever he went. If the Lord preserves you, you will not be sick. And if you are sick, he will heal you. And if you are here today, you are sick, he will heal you. Amen. I say he will heal you. Amen. Today is a day of divine encounter for someone. The Lord showed me something early this morning, and it's very, very significant. What I'm just going to tell you, when we begin the anointing, key into it. Don't just come and say they are putting oil on, their, on somebody's head. Let me also, ah, no, don't waste the touch of God upon your life. Because God has a plan for you. That's what God has a plan for you. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. As you go into the anointing service, or as you go into the anointing, I want you to be expectant. To be what? Be expectant. There is something the Lord wants to give unto you. There is a divine touch the Lord wants to perfect in your life. And you will not remain the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Father, as this oil is put upon your children, take the preeminence. You know the needs, you know the desires of every life. Father, you will touch and you will give everyone here today a testimony in the name of Jesus. Your name and your name alone shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord, for we are prayed in Jesus' name. So the choir will, uh, uh, will uh, give us a song. And we'll just come, uh, ushers, let's, let's lead the group call from here, from this side. Just come to the front. Or which, where, do you want to start, where do you want to start? Huh? Oh, are they here? Okay. So I understand the children are... Uh, the children are coming in from their church, so we we'll just anoint them. They go back, and then we will uh, we'll go, uh, now go into the congregation. You are going to open your mouth. Amen. You open your mouth and say, Father, anoint me for ease. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. Ah, Baba, whatever has been difficult for me to before, beginning from today, let it be easy. Let it be easy. Yes, Lord, let there be a divine transformation in my life. Father, do the impossible. Tell the Lord, do the impossible. Because with you, nothing shall be impossible. Do the impossible in my life today. Do the impossible in my life today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Tell him, send help unto me, O Lord. I need your help. I need your help. Recapo Sitalian Dragabo. Send help to me, Father. I need help. Help us of destiny. Help us of destiny. Send them unto me, Lord. Mekeriba Sotolenda Itragabo. Malbo Shianda Itragabo. Send help to me, Father. Lekarebo Satolian Dragabo. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Anyone that came in here with any sickness, this moment marks the end of that sickness in the name of Jesus. 
I release the grace for complete and total healing in the name of Jesus. Every form of pain, I rebuke. I say, leave in the name of Jesus. Whatever stands as a hindrance or blockade on your way is hereby uprooted in the name of Jesus. The Lord will have his way in your life. He is now be glorified in your situation. You will have a new song. You will have a new testimony. So shall it be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.